0: welcome to It's All Poetry with me, Nicole Cloutier, your host, copywriting mentor, and lifelong worshipper of words in their many beautiful and ever-changing forms. On this podcast, we believe that words are magic and that you and I and everyone else all have the innate ability to wield that magic well. Our main topic is words. From marketing and politics to spellcasting and poetry, we'll even get a little nerdy with some etymology and linguistic history every now and then. In short, words are everything. They make up our stories and the worlds we live in, so let's look at them, hold them, turn them over in our hands, you know? Get to know them so that we can use them with intention, which is exactly what we do in every episode. To stay connected, make sure you subscribe and check out all the links in our show notes. Now, let's get on to today's episode. I feel like people, when they start podcasts, they often talk about how long an idea was brewing or incubating before they they pressed go, you know? But this podcast was actually born pretty fast, Uh, just a year ago. I was saying that I never wanted to start a podcast. I think just like eight months ago, I was saying I never wanted to start a podcast. A newsletter, yes, absolutely. Writing has always been my communication channel of choice, but I couldn't imagine myself publishing my actual human voice, the one you're hearing right now, for everyone to hear, or at least have the option to hear. Um, I wish I could tell you exactly what changed. (laughs) I moved to a new state, so maybe I was just really craving chatting and connecting with people and that seemed like a good reason to start a podcast Uh, i've also clarified my own personal and business values a lot over the past year i run my own freelance business and to be honest i just don't even want to touch social media anymore that might not be a forever decision but podcasting feels like a way to, you know, get myself out there, get ourselves out there, right? Without having to open Instagram like ever again. (laughs) So whatever the reason, whatever changed and made me decide to start this podcast, here we are. A brand new podcast about words and language and everything that those two things make up in the world, which is a a lot, a ton. Everything is made of words and language. Uh, We're gonna talk about poetry and marketing, and how being able to write really good emails can get you pretty much anything you want within reason. (laughs) So today's episode is actually going to be quite short to be honest and a little vulnerable with you. I just really needed to break the digital ice here to record the first episode. Uh, Otherwise, risk dropping another project, (laughs) so a project I never get off the ground, and I really want to get this podcast off the ground. I have some great guests lined up, and I don't want to let them down. I don't want to let you down. I'm very excited about this topic, so let's just jump in with both feet, shall we, (laughs) and have the first episode. By the end of today's episode, I hope to convince you, my main goal is to convince you why this approach, thinking about writing as poetry, aka artistic, can help you, right? Any kind of writing, marketing, emails, um, sending a text, right? How any writing, thinking of it as artistic can help us all show up better in our chosen lives, whatever that entails. So whether that's a business, whether that's activism, whether that's caretaking, right? All of it. If you're a business owner, you probably already know at least a bit how important writing and language is when it comes to building audiences and connections with your customers or clients. There are so many strategies out there that have been thrown at you. I am sure I get them too, right? They're based in psychology. They use words and sentence structures to convince and, let's be honest, sometimes manipulate people into opening their wallets. And you've probably gotten ads for all kinds of strategies and templates um, and top 10 tips, right? On how to write great copy. Uh, So why am I kind of backpedaling from that, right? Why am I backpedaling from strategy? Which, side note, to be clear, strategy is very important, right? But I am kind of asking you to take a few steps back and think about the words we use in business right, as poetry. That's what i'm asking you to do i mean the title of this podcast is it's all poetry which implies that copywriting and marketing are also poetry but do you buy that do you buy that yet and why should you so to answer that (laughs) i have to go back a few years to when i was teaching a required writing 101 class at a university in my home state um If you were not a English writing major like I was, then you probably are familiar with this format, right? An essay writing class that teaches you, uh, you know, everything else that all the other professors want you to know about writing. Uh, And as a teacher, one of the first things I noticed when I started teaching freshmen, right, um, or first years, is that they arrived to class not wanting to be there at all, right? They were right out of high school. They just wanted to get a degree and get on with making money. A lot of them were commuters. A lot of them had dependents, whether that was parents or children. And so this wasn't a liberal arts college where everyone just showed up fresh out of AP classes wanting to write poetry. And these students simply didn't think they were good writers. And this belief that they had really blocked them from building their own thing. A lot of my students were accounting majors or nursing majors both of which are incredibly important. (laughs) I am a business owner who needs an accountant and sometimes gets sick, so I need nurses, right? I need both of these people in my life. So I'm not trying to say that they all should have switched majors and become poets. But that said, I do believe that the belief that they had that they weren't good writers was holding them back regardless of what they wanted to do with their lives. Without believing in their writing skills, they were stuck on a work-for-someone-else track, right? They weren't seeing opportunities to be thought leaders, to contribute to the overarching conversations in their fields, to write articles that advanced nursing or or talked about nursing from a different angle, right? And accountants who wanted to do things differently. (laughs) Uh, I don't know much about either of those fields, so I don't know what they would have said, but the point is they didn't see themselves in the leadership part of these fields right they didn't see that dream and we so desperately need fresh thoughts everywhere right there was a direct correlation between how good of a writer my students believed they were and how big their dreams were and the more i continue to work i don't teach college anymore but i work a lot with small business owners and entrepreneurs and i see that this belief that the belief that you would phrase as i'm not a good writer it hasn't gone away since college ended Many people believe that they're quote unquote bad writers and it holds them back more than they even know. And this happens for a lot of reasons, right? Uh, in college, there were also my coworkers, you know, fellow professors who got annoyed that students didn't have grammar rules memorized, that the high schools they had been in, been in didn't teach them how to spell things correctly. And those professors, they just wanted the students to be able to write by formula, essentially, which meant that the Writing 101 class was supposed to teach that formula. Does anyone else remember the five paragraph essay? (laughs) Right, you got your thesis, you got your three supporting paragraphs, you have your conclusion that restates the thesis, yeah. They wanted the students to learn that structure. And there was this other book we taught called They Say, I Say, which again gave formulas for making arguments and referencing research in your writing. And I do understand why this method is used in so many schools. Teachers don't have the easiest lives, right? I get it. I was an adjunct. My pay was abysmal. And having rubrics and formulas makes grading so much easier. (laughs) The thing is, though, that rubrics simply don't leave room for students to fall in love with writing and words and storytelling. And without that passion and curiosity, they don't feel interested in learning more about it. Essentially, they've seen too much of the red pen. (laughs) The red pen has traumatized them. It has made them believe that good writing is only about grammar and spelling and formulas. And this ultimately leads to people feeling like they're not good writers because they haven't memorized every grammar rule and how to spell every word and so they don't even want to try, right? No one wants to see their paper filled with red pen marks. And as I said already, this closes off so many opportunities. It makes it harder for my nursing students to communicate to patients or even stops them from writing things and articles that would make them thought leaders in their field and open up a whole other world of possibility for them, for them to contribute to the larger conversation of medicine. And their voices matter a lot in that discussion. So it's a detriment to us all that they don't believe they're good writers. So I guess what I mean when I say it's all poetry is that it's all art and it's all beautiful and we all have the ability to do it and to love it. And if we write from that place of believing in the power of words, believing, in the artistic ability for words to create. If we write from that place, no matter what we're writing, we are going to write in a way that is authentic to us and that builds connection and that feels good in our bodies and less like uh, manipulation, right? Spelling and grammar, honestly, be damned. We have tools for that. (laughs) Use your human brain to focus on the words and the story, and the creativity, and the philosophy, right, of writing. And business owners who are writing their own marketing copy will, of course, benefit from this belief more than anyone. It is more important than any strategy I could possibly share. And writing needs to be taught from a place of love and curiosity, whether that's writing a love sonnet or a sales email, right? Uh, I'd also be remiss if I didn't mention there is a lot of privilege to consider when we think about how creative and how good a writer someone thinks they are. There's racism involved, classism, sexism. Essentially, the more often someone was told as they were growing up or as they were going through school, the more often that they were told they were creative, the more they believed they were creative. And everyone else who didn't have the privilege of an AP literature class or a summer poetry intensive workshop or someone who lived in an area where their teachers were significantly underpaid, which is a lot of areas, right? So the teacher only really had time and energy to focus on spelling and grammar when they taught writing. Those students didn't didn't grow up thinking they were good writers, even though they're probably great storytellers and they had so much to share. And that is tragic. And the most transformation I ever saw in my students, whether that be college students or entrepreneurial students, right, the biggest transformation I see happens when I simply share my own love of words, when I vulnerably shared my excitement, my nerdiness, when I literally squealed when a student brought me a a paper and there was a line in there about how his uh, father's fishing cap, right, had... The underside of it looked like an old dirt road, and it was such a great detail and visual and experiment. And this is a student who thought he wasn't a good writer. And oh, those moments just filled me with such joy in a way that I don't know that I can explain. And ah, oh, man, I really hope those students are still writing. <laughs> I hope they didn't get beaten back down. But anyway, in this podcast, that's the method we're going to use. I want to share that love of words with you. By looking into words together, by thinking about story and talking to people who work with words, which, spoiler, is all of us. (laughs) We have some upcoming guests who are in the beauty industry and the healing industry and the marketing industry and so many others. And we are just, in each episode, going to dive into how words shape their worlds. And it's going to be so awesome. So... Let's wrap up today by reading a really awesome passage together, or rather I'll read it to you. It's one of my absolute favorites because it is musical as well as story-driven. It's just one paragraph, and this book was also made into a movie with Jennifer Lawrence, Uh, and I do think the movie's pretty great. They captured the essence of the haunting and poetic writing uh, of the novel, so uh, yeah, check out the movie, read the book. Uh, I share this passage with students quite often because it very literally gives me goosebumps pretty much every time I read it. And as I'm reading it, what I want you to do is take notice of the music. Yes, there's lots of music in these, these sounds, in these sentences, but especially focus on the verbs. Daniel Woodruff doesn't just use the verbs that we hear all the time, like walk or come or be, right? He uses verbs like crunched and poured (laughs) and flattened to create a scene that we can hear we can taste we can touch and we can feel ourselves in he's inviting us into a moment with him right and that is one of the most powerful tools that I could possibly teach you for evocative storytelling to invite your readers into the story into the moment by giving them as much detail as you can so your lesson today is to pay attention to your verbs Sometimes eat is good enough. And sometimes a meal just absolutely needs to be devoured. You know, it's not good enough to say we ate a meal. We devoured it because we were starving, right? Really changes the whole story. You the verbs you choose to use. We're going to talk about this more, (laughs) but here we go. I'm going to read this passage to you from Winter's Bone by Daniel Woodrell. The world seemed huddled and hushed. And her crunching steps cracked loud as axe wax as she crunched past houses built on yon slopes yard dogs barked faintly from under porches but none came into the cold to make a run at her and flash teeth smoke poured from every chimney and was promptly flattened east by the wind there was deer sign trod below trestles that stood over the creek and thin ice clung around rocks in the shallows Where the creek forked, she left the tracks and walked uphill through deeper snow beside an old pioneer fence row made of piled stones. There's also, uh, that's the end of the passage, this is me again. There's also, I'm sure you noticed, a lot of rhyme and alliteration, which is part of the music, right? They are beautiful poetic tactics that you can use in any writing form, doesn't have to be poetic fiction Um, and we're not going to get too into those today but i do hope that you enjoyed them at the very least Uh, okay so i hope you enjoyed this entire first episode we have a lot more discussion style episodes coming up soon with some amazing guests as i've mentioned so i do hope you come back and if you are a business owner who wants to reach your audience and build a business that feels really good in your heart then falling in love with words is the best place to begin It's all poetry, right? See you next time. so much for listening to it's all poetry you have no idea what it means to me (laughs) to have you here this podcast is recorded and produced and edited by yours truly i've had to learn a lot of tech (laughs) y'all you can find all the resources and links from this episode in the show notes at nicolecopy.com slash it's all poetry the music you hear throughout is by jack pierce And if you enjoyed this episode, there is a bunch of other stuff that you might want to check out from my weekly newsletter with marketing prompts to one-on-one copy coaching for your business to branding guidance uh, and more things that I'm not even aware of at the time of this recording because I add stuff all the time, but it's all right there at NicoleCopy.com. Thanks again for loving words with me. I'll see you next time.